At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Stuck in the middle with you. This is Dick Morris, fresh from the Donald Trump rally last night. It was absolutely incredible. The excitement was palpable, and uh, and it is just so great. And he came as close as he's ever come, closer to saying he's going to run. He said he may, uh, I may have to run. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we all have our burdens to bear, sir, and we hope you bear this burden. Please, please run. Because... You know, uh, he won the election of 2016, the election of 2020, and now he's going to win the election of 2024. And they'll recognize two out of those three in the history books. And as Meatloaf said, we got to get that song, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. Oh, that's good. That's a good song. I'm here today with Douglas DePiro, who joins me on these broadcasts. Hey, Dick. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doug is my best friend. Yes. He is a painter, an illustrator, and a sculptor who specializes in fine art, portraits, and murals. Also an inventor. He plays the drums. He futzes around with sets, cars, (laughs) motorcycles, and he is absolutely incredible. I got to give Dick, like, how much? 20 bucks for that? No, I think more like, I went through several sentences. Yeah, right. Oh, $20 per sentence? Yeah, okay. Right. I'm going to buy you a Smith & It's a good start. Yeah. Grazie, grazie. (laughs) All right. The other night, uh, Doug and me and my wife, Eileen, went to see Lion King at the Minskoff Theater. And uh, I didn't think I was going to a political rally. (laughs) But I sit there and I learned that this this, uh, marvelous Lion King uh, had his place usurped by Scar. This, Mustafa, Mustafa. Mustafa, but his place was usurped by Scar, who is an absolutely terrible dude and uh, isn't strong, but he uses deceit and rigged vote counts. I'm, I'm sorry, that was the wrong word. <laughs> to take power. Right. Uh, and uh, and then he takes over Pride Land, and all, and, and all the lions move out, the hyenas move in. No food. Uh, nothing gets grown, there's no food, the shelves are empty. It seemed to me that this reminds me of something. 
To a rally in Yesterday, right? South Carolina <laughs> and said he may have to run again. Poor dude. Now, while this is going on, I would like to introduce you to all the Vice President of the United States of America. Guy, I'd like to clip your wings so you can fly. I'm in love. <laughs> You think we're having fun? Yeah. Stupid Cupid, the Vice President of the United States of America. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you, you probably saw the cackle. The, uh, <laughs> the Chief uh, Cackler Harris. Cackler Harris. Cackler Harris. Cackler right. Harris. That's, That's what right. I'm giving her. And, um, and, you know, when people cackle like that or go through that, the exaggerated smiling and the exaggerated hand gestures, uh, it, it's almost a form of flirting, you know? Saying, aren't I cute? Aren't I attractive? Isn't this isn't this rap that I'm giving really neat? Yeah, and is that uh, this? and and it's uh, I just I think those were the moves that she put on Biden to get this job <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but Biden's old, you know. I mean, yeah, right. It doesn't right, matter. Yeah, I mean, so he um, just smiles and walks away. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so stupid Cupid is running around. <laughs> Eastern Europe, uh, in the combat zone, offering vast reassurance to the people of Ukraine. But seriously, what is going on in Ukraine is absolutely horrible. Horrible. And uh, it can only be summarized by looking back uh, at the harm and the mayhem that's been inflicted through history by war. Isn't how many times must the cannonballs flash Before they're forever banned The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind The answer is blowing in the wind Now a lot of people have stepped up on Ukraine and said all kinds of crap where they say that, oh, Ukraine... Uh, is it fault? Russia just wants to keep NATO from its frontiers. Mm. Well, how would we think if Mexico and Canada were allied with Russia? Um, Russia's just afraid we'll put missiles in Ukraine and, and that we could wipe them out. In fact, Ukraine's goal is to attack Russia with missiles and nuclear weapons and uh, now biological weapons. And it's all of this nonsense that they're spewing that precisely mirrors the propaganda that Vladimir Putin is putting out. The leading purveyor of this garbage is Tucker Carlson on Fox News. And it's so funny, you sit there, and at 8 o'clock you get Putin's version, and then at 9 o'clock you get Sean Hannity, the Patriots' version, America's version, because Sean can distinguish right from wrong. But those are terms that are far too simple for the sophisticated Tucker Carlson. Mm. Anyway, I have a challenge here for y'all. Phone number here is 
848-9222, 848-WABC. I know a lot of you have doubts about Ukraine. I know a lot of you nurture various conspiracy theories or have various things that you've heard, much of which I think is the residue of Russian propaganda. So I challenge everybody who has doubts about this, has questions about this, isn't sure that the U.S. is right to call me and air their views, and we'll talk about them. Get your A, your a game on. Yeah, I want to unearth this stuff and really discuss it, and I want to use this forum to do that. While you're thinking, let me give you my view. It's the difference between right and wrong. Russia is entirely, 100%, totally, solely, exclusively to blame. Ukraine did nothing, nothing to contribute to this. Not now and not in the past. Ukraine is the victim of all time. Uh, Victimized by Stalin, victimized by Hitler, victimized by Stalin again, and then victimized by the Russian Communist Party. And uh, it is just wants to go about its own bit, mind its own business, control its own affairs, and Russia won't let it because Russia's goal is imperialistic and it wants to take over Ukraine because it wants to rebuild the Soviet Union. And it wants to rebuild the Soviet Union for one reason, to challenge the United States of America. They see a world not dominated by the U.S. and NATO, but dominated by Russia, China, and Iran. And they see that new axis as being the wave of the future, and they think that that starts in Ukraine. And whether you know it or not, we are in the middle of World War III right now. Thank God it is conventional, oh not God. nuclear. Oh my God. But the Western theater of World War III is Ukraine. The central theater is Iran, which just attacked an American consulate in Iraq with missiles launched from Iran. And the Eastern theater is China and Taiwan. And China's going to begin to attack Taiwan just as soon as they get around to it, because they they coordinated this with Russia. That's what their meeting was during the Olympics. China told Russia, don't invade until the Olympics are over, because it'll embarrass us, because they're in Beijing. But the minute they're over, you go ahead and you invade, and about two or three weeks later, we will invade Taiwan. It's just like Adolf Hitler's non-aggression pact with Russia, the, uh, the um, von Rippentrop, uh, Molotov Pact in 1939 with Russia and Germany, Nazi Germany, agreed that they would cooperate and coordinate their attack on Poland. And the German attack would start on September 1st, and by about September 20th, the Russian attack would begin. They would meet in the middle, and they would completely bifurcate and conquer Poland and keep that territory. And in the meantime... Uh, Russia got a whole bunch of other goodies, and Germany got other goodies. Uh, Russia got Finland. Uh, Russia got the access to the got the Ukraine, the uh, Romanian oil fields, and Germany got free passage into Poland and the ability to take it over. And that kind of a deal was the deal that was struck between President Xi and President Putin in Beijing right before these Olympics. And now we're watching it being implemented. And the United States is totally blameless in this. 
everything we're doing is precisely the right thing to do. Now, it is perfectly true that Joe Biden is an idiot <coughs> for having closed off our oil resources uh, just before this war started. I mean, when he vetoed the Keystone Pipeline and he withheld permits for uh, more um, fracking, drilling and fracking areas, withheld federal oil lands from leasing, he destroyed our energy independence at just the time that it was most convenient for Putin to destroy it. So while that enabled the the uh, invasion, it did not cause the invasion. Mm. The invasion was caused by one man's global ambition. We've seen this before in history. We saw it with Julius Caesar, if you're old enough. <laughs> <laughs> you we, are. We saw it with King Louis, the Sun King, Louis the Fourteenth of France. We saw it with uh, Bismarck in Germany. We saw it with the Kaiser in Germany. We saw it in Hitler. We saw it in Stalin, and we're seeing it now in Russia. And it's the same, and we saw it in Napoleon in France. It's the same damn thing. I own the world, and I'm about to take over the world. Horrible. So when I come back, I have four calls here already. I'll answer them, five. New one just popped up. Disagree with me. Tell me that I'm wrong. Just be nice. No, don't be nice. No. Lay it on me. I'll no, lay it on uh, you. Be careful. Just, uh, just tell me what, how I'm being deceived by American propaganda, how Putin is really a good guy, and all of that stuff. Lay it on me. <laughs> 800-848-9222. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle. Okay, clowns and jokers and <laughs> loyal listeners and loyal. fans and smart people on the phone who I always admire the intellect of my callers. Uh, have at me. Where am I wrong? Let's go to... Um, let me some, see one of these calls. Oh, yeah, let's go to Henry in western New Jersey who wants to talk about lies about Ukraine. Good morning, uh, Mr. Morris. Uh, we have heard of, about Ukraine uh, and the Bidens uh, over the last several years. Uh, and during the uh, Obama administration, the United States actively did a lot of things that we don't know and they, uh, one thing that they did was they participated in the overthrow of the elected government of Ukraine. It's possible, and in fact, wait a minute, hold I, it. We participated in what? George Soros also was involved wait in this. And wait, wait, hold it, hold it. You said the U.S. participated in the overthrow of the government of the Ukraine. I was there in 2004. My client was Viktor Yushchenko, who overthrew the government of Yanukovych, who is the Soviet puppet, the Russian puppet. And he did it by having hundreds of thousands, even millions of Ukrainians, the same guys now who are shooting at him, uh, in the square, in Maiden Square, in sub-zero weather, centigrade sub-zero, uh, for four months, tying up the city. Trucks couldn't get in or out. And Yanukovych fled the country 
with billions and billions of dollars, and he fled to Moscow, where he lives happily today, nurtured by the Soviet, by the Russian government. The United States had absolutely nothing to do with it. Unfortunately, we should have helped get rid of that son of a gun, but we didn't, and uh, this was entirely a Ukrainian thing. So w- w- what's your source of information? My source of information is uh, I remember hearing about uh, things that were going on in the Ukraine while I was here in the United States over the news. And the impression that I had was that the United States was uh, participating in Oh, I'm sorry. You, 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 I didn't mute you. You, you all did that to yourself. But... Uh, <laughs> I, I, it is wrong. It is W-R-O-N-G, wrong. The United States never tried to overthrow the government of Ukraine. We tried to bribe it. That's what Biden did. We tried to profit off it. That's what his son did. But there was no attempt by the United States to change the regime in Ukraine. Let's go to Eddie in Ocean County. Hi, Mars. Hey, Eddie. Hi, Mars. Um, I wanted to just say like this, that I find a lot of the argument that you're making is just that since Russia is so bad and they're evil, so we have to just oppose them at whatever cost it takes to, to America. But now, Well, not at whatever. I don't want to send in troops. Right. <clears throat> but other than that, you're right. Let's say sanctions. Sanctions do hurt our economy also. Yeah. Right? So you got to make a cost-benefit analysis. And just because Russia's goal is evil and they're evil and they're trying to take over Ukraine— but is it worth it for us to, to go and, and and hurt our economy along with theirs? Well, Eddie, let me, goals? Let, let me ask Eddie. Where would you stop them? Uh, now they're trying East Ukraine. They're about to try Western Ukraine. Then they're going to try Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, the Baltic countries. Then they're going to go to Poland and, Ukraine, and Hungary, members of NATO. Then they'll probably amass troops on the German border and probably cross the line and invade Western Europe, France and Germany, and then maybe England, and then maybe the United States. Where would you draw the line? Let me ask you, Mr. Morris, do they have the capabilities to do that? They sure do. Uh, Well, the army is being shown up as a piss-poor army, and, uh, you know, nobody thought that. We all thought they they would win easily. But uh, sure they do. Uh, They have an army of millions of people. Uh, They have vast numbers of tanks and aircraft. They have nuclear weapons. They have bioweapons. They have chemical weapons. If they did a – and we don't know because of the popular resistance that's going on, which is the new factor in this, people fighting for their own freedom. But just in military terms, Ukraine should be a cakewalk. The Baltic countries have no armies. You know, their revolution was called the Singing Revolution. They linked hands, went to the border, two million of them in three countries. Their population combined is only about eight million. And they sang patriotic songs. When, when was this? Uh, 1989. Uh-huh. And they never shut up. <laughs> and they, they sang it for like three months or four months. Really? And they, that, that demonstrated their demand for freedom. And they got it from Russia. Then Poland, that would be a hell of a fight. But we know how that's come out. Three times before in this century and last century, Poland lost and they'd lose again. 
Hungary, we know how it turns out, 1956 in Budapest. Germany, well, then you're talking nuclear. Then you're talking world war. But what makes you think he's going to stop at that? Where do you draw the line? Everything you said is right, Eddie. Uh, We are incurring pain. It is not our war initially. But where do you draw the line? Do you just let this guy conquer the damn world? So I don't think he has the capability to conquer the world. Oh, sure and he I don't does. think that even if he would, he would be willing to touch a NATO country because because of Article V. Article v. Fine, and yeah, but as, Estonia and Latvia, Lithuania, and NATO, he would touch them. He'd walk over them in a minute. He's explicitly said that one of his goals is to reconquer those countries. Uh, explicitly said that. Uh, of course he wouldn't. In terms of no capability, what do you think Russia spends vast amounts of money on its military for? And, you know, I mean, this guy has the same capabilities that Hitler did. His army is screwed up, thank God, but thank God. don't believe that this guy can't do that. Let's go to uh, Rabbi Moses. Oh, I'm sorry, that's about Trump. We'll do that later. But um, let's go to Carl in New Jersey. Hey, Carl. Hi, Mr. Morris. Um, yeah, I spoke to Rudy just a little while ago on the show. Good. Preceding you. The, um, uh, he, he uh, commented that the law that uh, uh, initiated the, uh, the executive order to stop the pipeline is yeah. unconstitutional. Now, I didn't get a chance to finish the uh, conversation where what can be done at this point legally. As I say, he's not an emperor or he doesn't yeah. you know, control what, the whole what world. What can be done about it is it's not a matter of the U.S. Constitution. The uh, European Union specifies that Germany has got to get EU approval before it opens that pipeline. And the German government has indicated that he needs to get their final approval and they have not given it. And it was expected to be routinely given sometime this spring and summer. But now that they invaded, it's held up, they're not getting approval, and it's not open. We're talking now about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Uh, and, uh, and you know, Russia shot shooting itself in the foot on this one. Jerry in Ulster County, how are you doing, Jerry? Dick, um, this is what I think nobody's talking about. If this war continues and Russia goes into either Poland or the Baltic states, do we send troops there? Do we get in direct war with Russia? Damn right we and do. Then, we you send... know what? You see a war on your hands. Are you ready yeah. for that? Yeah, Absolutely. You we have for got nuclear war? not nuclear war. Nobody said nuclear. No, no, uh, no. That's what it would escalate. No, it, no, it would. It, I hope it wouldn't, but I don't. So? I don't think it would. I think that where it would escalate is if we don't do anything, and we let them invade and take over the countries, then they'll just keep doing it and keep threatening nuclear war. Uh, we learned in Ukraine to, in the last couple of weeks that the American army can defeat the Russian army. We never knew that before. But our military is so superior to theirs. And uh, in a conventional war, we would have the upper hand. And uh, Putin knows that. And if we show that we're going to use our military capacity, he's not going to challenge it. And he's not going to put himself in a position where he has to blow up the world to try to stay in power. Uh, He won't let himself get into that position. But... Uh, But, yeah, damn right, if Russia goes after a NATO country, we are going to fight conventionally and we'll win conventionally and we won't stop at the border. We'll just keep on going till we get rid of Vladimir Putin. 
and that is the right course of action. And, and think- it's the peaceful course of action. Anything else, and you enable World War Three. The way to stop this is to stop him before he can cause World War Three. That's the lesson of Adolf Hitler. Uh, he conquered Sudetenland, Rhineland, Austria, uh, tried to conquer po- Czechoslovakia, tried to conquer Poland. They stopped him. They tried. They weren't able. And then he went into France and conquered all of Europe, and we had World War II. Uh, but had we stopped him in the beginning when we could have, mm. when Britain and France could have, but they were just too battered and scarred by their earlier wars, World War I, uh, that they wouldn't do it. And that is what caused World War II. What's up, sandwich heads? Today on Steve O's Sandwich Reviews, we've got the tips and tricks to the best sandwich order. And it all starts with this little guy right here Pepsi Zero Sugar. Partial to pastrami, craving a Cubano. Yeah, sounds delicious, but boom! Add the crisp, refreshing taste of Pepsi Zero Sugar and cue the fireworks. Lunch, dinner, or late night, it'll be a sandwich worth celebrating. Trust me, your boy's eaten a lot of sandwiches in his day, and the one thing I can say with absolute fact every bite is better with Pepsi. This is the Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. The gentleman who called me right before the break asked, would we actually fight with American troops in the event Russia invaded a NATO country? And I said, of course we would. You've got to understand that the entire foundation of the post-World War II world, which has been overwhelmingly peaceful except for, glo- for spot wars, local wars, in the, for the last 75 years, is the determination of the NATO countries that if one is attacked, they all respond. Excuse me, Dick, but you think Biden, he just seems so weak. You think he would just cower? He... He'd, he'd, <laughs> he'd need uh, – his stomach would bother him. Right. <laughs> he'd, he'd need – He'd be uh, calling Ralph on the bolophone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he'd have to. Uh, I mean, he'd have NATO, to. Because NATO – NATO would be... make him. Right. And, and he has to. I mean, this is the fundamental precept of American foreign policy for the last 75 years. And it has kept the peace in the world. He would absolutely have he to. He would have to. Okay. Yeah. And uh, – and and by the way, the Europeans would lead him to it. Maybe he leads from behind, but Britain and France and Germany are not going to sit back and let Putin take Coming over that backyard. Sure, absolutely right. not. Uh-huh. Uh, and That's now good. they're emboldened because they see how lousy his army is. It's a bunch of kids who were drafted into the army, half of them alcoholic, and uh, and they're not fighting. And uh, now, finally, his overwhelming firepower might be brought to bear. But again, not through individual acts of courage of some kid in a tank, but a guy at 30,000 feet bombing, dropping bombs, mm. or artillery 12 miles away firing at civilian buildings. So uh, right now, the generals must be talking to Biden, saying, uh, Mr. President, we've got to get ready for some of this stuff. No, wouldn't you? Say, I can imagine what they're telling him, what he's if he's not he must napping. be freaking out. If it's between naps. Oh jeez. 
Let's go to Adam in Connecticut. Hey, Adam. Hi there. Hi, Dick. Um, I think that last caller was a perfect example of the failure of the the America First policy that we saw really before World War II as well with the Lindberghs and, you know, the this kind of isolationism stance that millions of Trumpers have been indoctrinated with the last four years. The problem with that is that when we have these instances when giant powers like Russia want to uh, take advantage of the weakness that Trump has sown in this country, we have people like this guy that doesn't understand history. Wait a minute. And, um, you sure you haven't? You sure you haven't mixed up the names? Trump made America weaker. He increased the defense budget by eight percent a year. It was going up by one percent a year. He he, he took us to not a seven hundred boat navy, which is our goal, but a five hundred ship navy anyway, up from about three hundred. Uh, the army is larger than it's ever been. Our weapons are much more sophisticated. Uh, we've developed a combat capability that you've seen on display in Afghanistan and Iraq and uh, Kuwait, and it is an unbelievable capability. And he has stood up to every foe we've had and said, you're going to get into a war with us, and I have a bigger button than you do, is what he said to North Korea. But the rest of your point is right. Uh, There is a kind of fear that runs through uh, our country. I think it's largely on the left. Uh, But, but yeah, but go, okay, so I get your point. Let's go to uh, Judith in uh, Brooklyn, my good friend. How are you? Judith. Hi, Dick, and hi, Doug. Doug, I'm going to address something that you something that you mentioned to Dick, but I'm just laughing because I'm listening to you, and I'm listening to your point of view. It's interesting, and I can't get over it. Uh, first of all, BBTA, that stands for Bring Back Trump Again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Trump told Putin, if you touch Ukraine, I will just bomb your Moscow. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, my goodness, he, he, was, he was great. Trump kept everything, you know, basically yep. peaceful. I love what he, he said at the peaceful. rally. He said, people said, oh, Trump's personality, I'm telling you, this guy will get us into a war. And then he said, it's my personality that's keeping us out of war. Absolutely. Because they all know he's unpredictable, he's a little nuts, and uh, and you don't screw with this guy. That's what we need. Well, you know something? I don't think he's nuts, and I happen to love him. Yeah, but I want to tell you something. Because, I, I, you know, I think he's, you know, the, the media has created this whole uh, – you know, misinformation on him totally from A to Z because he's a threat. But I want to tell you a few things because there's so much to say. (laughs) First of all, I have to laugh. Since Milley and Austin run our military, our American military is like now practicing practicing what I call sissyism, like wokeism, crap, all right? Yep. Rules of engagement back again, like when Obama now again are... They just made mandatory training on... How you should deal with trans soldiers? Oh my goodness! Well, hang on. Let, right, right. Listen, listen, Dick. Listen, and Doug. Rules of engagement are back again, where you have to allow the enemy to shoot you first. Right. And yeah. if they miss you, then maybe you're allowed to shoot back. Come on. <laughs> How you spoke? No, no, you know. Laugh. Come on. And I want to tell you that. something else. I want to tell you something else. No, it's not a joke. But I, I want to tell you something else. Our immediate biggest enemy is not Putin and it's not China who are so evil and actually took advantage of this. Our immediate enemy is our Manchurian puppet in the White House. 
It's like he has coordinated everything to set the stage to encourage Marxist communist dominance. Mm. And let me tell you something else. Dick, you're going to like this one. He, um, there was this Russian war map that was accidentally glimpsed on Belarus TV, I'm understanding. And uh, apparently on that map, uh, they want, uh, what's it called? Uh, Putin wants to attack uh, Moldova because yeah. it's not a NATO country right yeah. after Ukraine falls. But yeah, that, I have a well, sneaky right. feeling all the things he wants to do are not going to work out. Let's hope, you know, with yeah. God's help. I, I anyway, represented thanks, the. Uh, thanks, guys. So thank, thank you, you. Judith. I've been in Moldova. I represented the uh, anti-communist candidate in Moldova, and uh, it is ripe for the picking. It's about four million people. It's popular. About half of the population has already left Moldova and come to Germany and to the United States and um, and uh, Romania. And uh, but you're right. That is the next step because it's not. He could walk in right in. Yeah, and he, he could, could walk, walk right, right in. in. And I'm not sure they would fight him like crazy. Uh, let's go to Jay in Ohio. Hey, Jay. Yeah, Hello, Jay. I think, yeah. You're on, Jay. Yeah, I think that um, wherever there's a treaty, that's 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 where we draw the line and stand. Where? And Poland and any other country that we have a treaty with. Treaty with. Yeah, but what about the Budapest Memorandum of 1994 that I helped work on? Um, Ukraine had 1,900 nuclear weapons on its soil put there by the Soviets and uh, as part of their arming the USSR. And when the USSR fell, the issue was what would happen to those nuclear weapons. Senator Luger from um, Indiana and uh, Senator Nunn from Georgia worked on that with the Clinton administration. And we they went to um, to Ukraine and Ukraine said, okay, we'll give up those weapons if you sign a treaty with us. I, I want Yeltsin's signature as the head of Russia, Clinton as the head of America, and I'll sign it as the head of Ukraine, saying that we will decommission and give up. In fact, we'll turn it over to you, U.S., all of our nuclear warheads, as long as you commit yourself and, you, and Russia commits itself to respecting our territorial integrity. And we signed the damn thing. That's a treaty. Mm. Okay, so um, let's go to Gordon in Brooklyn. Hey, Gordon, how are you? Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Morris. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, I usually agree with you 100%, but uh, in this case, I want to present a bit of a contrary view to yours. Please do. Uh, from 1949 to 1989, Russia controlled Eastern Europe through their commu- uh, with the through the the communist governments they set up there. Right. But during all that time, they never attacked a Western European country. Right. So I'm wondering why NATO needs to admit all these uh, Eastern European countries as part of NATO and put troops in them right up to uh, Russia's borders. I think that's unnecessarily provocative. To, uh, what, to what's, Russia. What's provocative? Russia has a right to attack another country uh, run by its own people and its own government simply because it's next to Russia? Is, is that what you're saying? Uh, every country has the right to conquer the country next door just because they want to? Um, these countries are free and now. And if they want to affiliate with one another to stand up to Russia and not be conquered, that's their right. 
We admitted them to NATO. We encouraged them to become free. And it is our obligation to defend them. And most of all, we understand that there's no such thing as getting a little bit pregnant. Uh, If he's going to take one country, he's going to take another, he's going to take another, he's going to take another. Survival. Yeah. Okay, so um, now Biden is in the middle of an interesting maneuver here where he's saying that nothing is his fault. Uh, He's not responsible for inflation. Putin is. He's not responsible for higher gas prices. Putin is. Everything is not. The economy going bad is not his fault. It's COVID's fault, and then it's Putin's fault. Oh, yeah. And uh, none of this is his fault. You know, yeah. the, uh, in California, they have the San Andreas Fault, <laughs> and uh, Biden's going to rename it Putin's Fault. <laughs> That's not right. Uh, poor the, Putin. Yeah, poor Putin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is a an act of blame shedding that is beyond belief, and uh, it's totally contrived. <laughs> uh, first, he said that COVID was responsible for everything. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and No, Trump. Yeah, Trump first. first yeah. Trump first, you're right, and, and then COVID. Yeah. And uh, when the vaccine that Trump invented uh, got rid of COVID, now uh, the, the problem is Russia. The reason inflation is taking place in America is very simple. When the government spends too much money, it gives the money to the people. The people take the money and they spend it. And when too many people want to buy too much with too much money, you can't supply those goods, and therefore the price rises. And the rises, in turn, tie up the production and screw up the production. So you can't produce more goods, and you can't produce more services. And there's an inflationary spiral that sets in. It's very simple, and and yet it is it does not involve uh, blaming Vladimir Putin. For once, on this one, he's actually innocent. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno He's your numero uno. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. So come at me. Uh, Let me know where I'm wrong on Ukraine. Uh, Let's go to Jay in Rockaway. Okay. Uh, hi, Dick. Hey. This is where you're wrong. Three quick points. Number one, we don't need to be in and fight fight Europe's battles. They got their own army. They got atomic bombs. Let them fight their own battles. 
Number two, I I agree with the lady who said that our, in the famous words of Pogo, we have met the enemy and he is us. We have within our own ranks uh, people who want to destroy our country. They're our bigger uh, concern. They're our bigger threat than China or Russia. And then three, um, to just conclude your historical reproachment uh, analogy between Nazi Germany and Stalin, you forgot to say how it ended, meaning that Hitler turned on Russia. So here, if we follow, want to follow that analogy, eventually it'll be like everything else. The revolution eats up its own children, uh, and China turns against Russia, and they do it over Mongolia. Yeah. What do you think of that? Well, maybe, maybe. But, um, okay, your first point was Europe can do it by itself. Uh, Europe will fight by its, will fight for itself, just like the Ukrainians are. But the power is the United States, and uh, the uh, Russia is stronger than Europe is uh, there militarily. And the United States is the, is the peacekeeper of the world. And if we let Russia invade a NATO country and we don't put our own troops in there and we don't put our own planes in there, we don't put our own people in there. We are simply inviting more aggression. What was your second point, though? I'm sorry. The second point is I agree with the woman caller who said the biggest threat is oh, right here. Yeah, we have plenty of threats here. And believe me, I, I'm, I'm way, way with you on that about the, the uh, cancel culture and yeah. the woke stuff and all of that garbage. But, uh, but look, the... <laughs> the woke mog. Yeah, I got news for you. Black Lives Matter doesn't have the bomb, <laughs> right? And, and Antifa uh, doesn't have an army. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you know, there's a difference here between a nuclear power with a vast army and a bunch of people in the streets yeah. that yell and scream. They can't start a lawnmower, let, a, yeah. let alone <laughs> That's a, right. a That's war. Right. Let's go to Paula in New Jersey. Hey, Paula. Yes, good afternoon. I love your show. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to uh, pose an um, alternate reality check. Uh, and what I wanted to say is, one, uh, the, Obama administri- Obama, uh, no, the Biden administration has aligned itself with the ideology of the squad. Mm-hmm. And they... Their ideology is uh, aligned with Iran, China, Russia, and uh, Iran theologically uh, is um, is extremely uh, propelled to destroy America and Israel because they theologically this is in their agree with uh, you on everything you said. Go on. This is what the imams are. are uh, for right now um, uh, if you understand that our alliances have changed then you'll be able to reverse engineer and get down to the strategies that are being done in other words uh, to um, destabilize America to make it more like a demi nation to take away its natural resources, to take away its natural industries. This is how you make a demi-nation, well, a nation that has been conquered. Well, Lastly, I want to interrupt you because I agree with you. Um, 
I just did a television show on my weekly show on Newsmax uh, that actually broadcast in about 10 minutes on Newsmax. Great show. In which I interviewed Dinesh D'Souza, who I admire tremendously. Super genius. And he says, uh, the topic is why are liberals so stubborn? And he says that it is not just a fight over the means. It's a fight over the goals and the ends. Mm that the left, led by Obama, wants to take America down several notches. It wants us to be less powerful, less rich, less less uh, happy, uh, less content, uh, and wants us to share global pain and do more to alleviate it. And uh, it is a fascinating point of view that it isn't just a question of we want to do it our way and the left wants to do it its way. What we want to do is different. So, and I agree with that. So, I refer you to that TV show. I, I think you'll really enjoy it. Basically, two of the smartest guys in political world, Morris and uh, Dinesh. It was unbelievable. But the bottom line of all of this is that we are determined and committed and should be committed to stand with Europe. <laughs> And if we don't stand with Europe, if we let Putin chip away bit by bit, the lesson of history is clear. Napoleon wasn't stopped until Britain organized Europe, all of Europe, collectively against him. Hitler wasn't stopped. The Kaiser wasn't stopped until the U.S. came into the war and we united the world against him. Hitler wasn't stopped until... The United Nations, the name for the alliance of the Western countries, uh, defeated him by pulling together. And we have got to unite and fight Putin. And if we don't, we're talking then about a real World War III. What did you hear, my blue-eyed son? And what did you hear, my darling young one? Heard the sound of a thunder that roared out a warning. I heard the roar of a wave that could drown the whole world. And it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard rains are gonna fall. It is definitely a hard rain that's going to fall if we don't stand together. The most fascinating line of American history, I think, was Benjamin Franklin's line, which was really a pun. He said, if we don't hang together, we will surely hang separately. Wow. (laughs) If we don't all unite, all of us are going to be hanged by the British separately. So, and, And that was so accurate, such an amazing comment. So I have a few more calls. Let me take Andrea in Bergen County. Hey, Andrea. Hi, Dick. When you're making those analogies regarding history, I think one of the analogies regarding only Ukraine, not NATO, only Ukraine is this. 
I know that you're probably old enough to remember the domino theory. Yep. I was in college at the time. And what did it say? This is how we got deeper and deeper into Vietnam. Yep. It said that if we didn't go, if we didn't go, if we didn't say democracy, the same rhetoric today, that that it was all the Southeast was going to fall. Yep. You're... And look at the disaster that the country made of itself. I lived through all those years. I'm 71 years old, and a lot of problems of then still are with yeah. us today. I'm, I'm sorry that's, to interrupt you, but we have a timing thing, and I want to reply. Um, yeah, I'm 74. I lived through the whole period, led very active in helping to lead the anti-war movement. We were right then, and we'd be right now. Vietnam was not worth a single American life. We lost it after 58,000 Americans died and didn't make a damn bit of difference. Uh, right after we lost in Vietnam, Vietnam invaded China, went to war with China, supposedly the next piece in the domino that would fall. Malaysia, which the next one didn't fall. Thailand didn't fall. Burma didn't fall. India didn't fall. It was all BS. It was just, and just because they were stupid and they were wrong and they didn't understand that this was a genuine rebellion of the people of Vietnam that was backed by the communists and funded by the communists. But you see Vietnam today, it's not communist. It's the most capitalist country in the, uh, theoretically in the communist world. And it's really not in the communist world anymore. And uh, just because we were stupid then and went to the wrong war at the wrong time doesn't mean that there isn't a real war. Mark Twain said it best. He said, if a cat sits down on a hot stove. He'll never do that again, but he'll never sit down on a cold one either. <laughs> Let's go to Alex in Brooklyn. Hey, Alex. Hey, Dick. Thanks for taking the call. I love your show. You're just so chilled. But, you know, I, I was calling about the interview that Judge Pirro had yeah, it was last a good interview, hour. I and love President Trump made a very, he made a very interesting and strong point. He said that this war may never end with yeah. Ukraine and Putin. I caught and, that too. And he's right. He's he's. It's a strong point, but he's right. If Putin takes over Ukraine, the war there may never end because yeah. the people there are fighting with such passion. You're, you're absolutely they're willing right. To sacrifice their lives. Yeah, you, for you, this, you're uh, completely uh, right, Alex. The uh, this this war will not end if Russia conquers Ukraine. Like I said, Winston Churchill said that. When Hitler conquered Norway, the flies have conquered the flypaper. Mm. This will haunt Putin for years and decades. It'll cost him his premiership, his uh, presidency. It'll cost him his uh, reputation in history because there are, there are not two and three million people who are grieved and will fight like in Chechnya or in Georgia or in other places or in Hungary or in uh, the Czechoslovakia the countries that they, Russia invaded and put down. No, there are 47 million people, wow. and they have rifles, they have guns, the regime has distributed that, they have more sophisticated weapons, and they are going to fight to the death, not their death, Putin's death, and he's opening himself up to that. Well, thank you, guys. Thank this you, was Dick. a lot thank of fun. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm stuck